Hi, I'm Jayant Sriram and welcome to In Focus, the Hindu's analysis podcast. Thanks for joining us. As often as we can on this podcast, we try and give you a snapshot of major international developments. And today is one such episode. We're talking about a conflict that's taking place in Ethiopia, where the country's Nobel Prize-winning Prime Minister Abe Ahmed has started a military operation in the rebellious Tigray region in the country's north earlier this month. Mr. Abe has said that it would be a limited campaign, focusing on the Tigrayan People's Liberation Front, the militia-cum political party that runs that region. However, what's happened is that almost two weeks into the conflict. Ethiopia now risks falling into an ethnic civil war with major regional implications. I'm joined today by the Hindu's international affairs editor Stanley Johnny, who'll tell us more about this. Stanley, welcome to the podcast again. Uh, always a pleasure talking to you about international developments and also learning from you. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Jayam. Thanks for having me. Right. So it was about a year ago when uh, I think when we just started this podcast and we were doing an episode on the Nobel Peace Prize. And um, last year, the winner of the Nobel Peace Prize was um, Ethiopia's Prime Minister Abe Ahmed. Um, so you know, a lot can change in one year. Uh, so yeah, and he is not necessarily the person we assumed at that point. Who one year later would be perhaps on the wake of starting this ethnic civil war. So, uh, what's changed in Ethiopia, and did the did the Nobel Peace Prize Committee perhaps get the uh, get their impressions wrong about what was going on in, in Ethiopia? Yeah, uh, see, Jan, it's interesting if you look at uh, the ethnic complexities of uh, Ethiopia. Uh, see, Ethiopia is an ethno-federal state, you know, uh, and it is it is a confederation of these regions, and the regions are mostly ten regions are the regions are mostly divided on ethnic lines. And even political parties re- represent certain ethnicities. Like you have this Oromo party, you have the Amhara party, you have the Tigray party. So it's like that. So it is it is a divided nation. It is uh, it is uh, a, what we call ethno-federal state. And Abiy Ahmed came to power when he came to power in 2018. You know, so he was seen. He was welcomed as a reformer. And the Nobel Committee, I, I wouldn't say that Nobel Committee was completely wrong because uh, Abiy Ahmed had actually made a difference at the beginning of his tenure as the Prime Minister of Ethiopia because, you know, he reached out to the Eritreans. Ethiopia was fighting a bloody, bloody war with the Eritreans for a long time, so which, which actually made a difference in the ground. Uh, and then he, he released uh, political prisoners, he reached out to the political opposition, he promised a freer media. So, etc., etc. So, he was seen a, a reformer domestically and a peacemaker in the neighborhood. So, uh, and then his, especially his uh, outreach to Eritrea won him the Nobel Peace Prize. So, yeah, so they were not entirely wrong. But the problem is that those who hailed Abiy Ahmed as a peacemaker, uh, so I think they, uh, they, perhaps they overlooked the ethnic complexities of, of the country because. Uh, you know, Abiy Ahmed came to power when uh, Ethiopia was gripped by protests, especially uh, driven by uh, the Oromo people. So, uh, you know, since uh, 1991, uh, when the Ethiopians overthrew the military dictatorship, Ethiopia has been ruled by, actually the first election happened in 1995, 
and uh, before that there was an interim government but practically ethiopia was ruled by this coalition called eprdf uh, you know uh, ethiopian people's revolutionary democratic front and in, within eprdf the tplf uh, which is the tigrayan party tigray people's liberation front tigrayan party was the was the dominant uh, constituent within the eprdf so you see the uh, tigray leader uh, menezelawi Uh, he was in power since 1991 uh, and uh, early 2000s uh, since 2012 he was in power so eprdf was kind of in control since 2018 uh, until the rise of abiy ahmed and it's true that eprdf itself chose abiy ahmed because because uh, the country you know was in, in in a political deadlock and abiy ahmed is not a tigrayan he is an oromo so and oromos were protesting so they were complaining that they were being sidelined by the tigray dominated political coalition eprdf uh, so abiy ahmed came to power in 2018 uh, the you know the underlying ethnic angle to this uh, is that he abiy ahmed reached out to eritrea so abiy ahmed's uh, you know from his point of view uh, the, the war with eritrea was a legacy war and it was fought largely by the tplf why should i continue this war and then uh, the tigrayan region shares a long border with uh, uh, eritrea so basically uh, it was tplf that was fighting the war and abiy ahmed has brought an end to the war so which is which is of course a good thing you are ending a war means you are saving lives you know but at the same time the tplf thought that this was one of the measures by abiy ahmed taken by abiy ahmed to cut their influence in addis ababa and in the tigrayan region so they because for them the eritrean authorities were sworn enemies and your prime minister in addis ababa uh, is reaching out to them so this sidelined them this coupled with other measures taken by abiy ahmed at home like he urged the tplf leadership from the government key government positions some of them were put on trial for corruption and other charges and then uh, he reconstituted the government he dissolved the uh, the former coalition eprdf and he formed his own political party prosperity party in which the regional parties from other regions had also joined so tplf was kind of sidelines tplf didn't join this this war the, the, the new party so the so all these all these actions i think his domestic reform actions as well as his diplomatic outreach to eritrea so tplf saw them as hostile actions by a new prime minister who is from a different ethnic community trying to consolidate more power in his hands i think this you know uh, uh, this breakup led to the current conflict right so in a way it's a long standing conflict or is there a specific event that precipitated it at, at this point um could you give us some context to you know how long this has been going on and what where things stand right now uh, uh see uh, so it is the the trigger for the current conflict was that you know um since uh, abi came to power so uh, as we said the tplf was feeling uh, alienated so tplf leadership had moved away from addis ababa to mekele the regional capital of the tigray region and this this gruntlement was building up and in august uh, ethiopia was supposed to have the parliamentary elections uh, this august and then abiy ahmed postponed the election citing covid 19 emergency uh and the tplf uh, accused him of uh, power grab because they wanted the elections to be held 
So in, in defense of Addis Ababa, they held elections in the Tigray region. So Tigray region is in the northernmost tip of Ethiopia. Uh, so this kind of, this was an open challenge to uh, Abiy Ahmed's authority, you know. One region is conducting election, challenging the federal government. But Abiy waited. Abiy waited. He didn't send any troops. He didn't, uh, you know, resort to any immediate action. Uh, but then uh, he, he went ahead with his plan uh, to make peace with Eritrea, which had also, you know, upset the TPLF leadership. And then uh, earlier this month, on November 3rd, uh, uh, the TPLF uh, militiamen, they attacked a federal government armed post. And then um, they captured ammunition and other equipment. Uh, so the government said that, uh, the federal government in Addis Ababa said that several of its soldiers were martyred. Uh, we don't know the exact numbers yet because media are not allowed in, in the Tigray region as of now. Uh, so uh, this was the trigger of the conflict, you know. So immediately after the federal uh, armed post was attacked, uh, uh, he said, Abiy Ahmed said that uh, enough is enough. I'm sending troops to the Tigray region. So he says it would be a focused short term war and his war is not against the Tigray people, but he is targeting the TPLF, the political party militia group within the region. And Ethiopian parliament also passed a resolution uh, dissolving the regional government, which means practically taking TPLF out of power uh, from the Tigray region. This is the immediate conflict, okay? Uh, but the context is much, much, much bigger, you know, uh, because Ethiopia was uh, in a brutal military dictatorship uh, starting 1974, from 19, 1974 to 1991, which is called Dirk. Uh, so right. during the time of, during the time of the Dirk, the TPLF was the main uh, guerrilla uh, organization that was, because TPLF was formed in 1975 itself, and TPLF, you know, many of TPLF's old guards uh, who are still around. So they cut their teeth in the resistance against the Dirk. So, they, they, they basically fought uh, the military dictatorship from the mountains of uh, Tigray region and then they coordinated with other militia groups. So they built a national uh, resistance coalition against the Dirk. And uh, in the 1977, 1987, the Dirk changed its name and then, but its, its, its leadership more or less retained uh, power. They continued till, the 19, till 1991. And in 1991, they were overthrown by TPLF and other guerrillas. So in 1991, TPLF was largely seen as, uh, you know, as victors, as heroes. They were welcomed as national heroes. And then uh, under the leadership of Zanavi, he, they formed the PRDF. And they formed the PRDF. So, though, so they, their legacy, you know, their legacy to lead Ethiopia is coming from this, uh, uh, this resistance against the Dirk. But at the same time, you, if you look at the ethnic composition of uh, Ethiopia, uh, the Tigray people, they make up some 6% of the population. Ethiopia is the second most populated uh, country in Africa, right? Uh, so yeah. uh, uh, they make up only 6%, whereas the Oromos make up some, uh, say, close to uh, 30% of the population. And then Amharas also make up a good chunk of uh, the population. So uh, the point is when EPLF continued to dominate EPRDF, uh, one criticism was that the Tigrayan people had outsized influence in the government and the military. And then other uh, ethnic communities uh, started complaining. They said that they are being marginalized. 
So this was this was the ethnic fault line. These were the ethnic fault lines in Ethiopia that were at work, and protests were despite Ethiopia's you know uh, super economic growth, etc., etc. During the boom years, protests became there were frequent protests, and other ethnic parties, ethnic groups were also fighting the federal government. So which led to Abiy Ahmed's eventual rise. And Abiy Ahmed is uh, he is not a Tigray, he is from the Oromo community, and Oromos are you know, the largest ethnic group uh, within Ethiopia. Uh, and Abiy Ahmed says that his policies are not intended to do, you know, his policies are not uh, based on any uh, uh, ethnic group, etc. But his policies are intended to undo the power imbalance, to rectify the power imbalance, yeah? and then concentrate more powers in the federal government instead of the regions. And then he is uh, he wants to forge a pan-Ethiopian national identity instead of this sub-national ethnic or regional identity. This sounds all right, you know, uh, but the problem is that as we discussed, the ethnic as well as the regional uh, compositions in Ethiopia are too complex and there are different, different power groups. So uh, Abiy's uh, uh, push for reforms, political reforms at home were largely, it was seen as a power grab uh, to concentrate more power in the federal government and the regional autonomy was at stake. So this regional, some of these regional groups started revolting. And TPLF being TPLF, which was in power for, say, you know, uh, from 1991 to 2018 for a long time. Uh, so TPLF being the, the, the strongest group and also an ethnic group, which is now being, which is now feeling, uh, you know, uh, being marginalized by the new government, Addis Ababa, has taken up arms to fight the government. So this is the larger context. Right. And uh, what do we know about uh, Mela Zenabi, who is the TPLF leader? Is he, um, is he still very active in these movements? I don't think so, because uh, TPLF leadership, I think, now is basically the former intelligence chief of uh, uh, the Ethiopian government, who's largely, who is hardly seen. I think uh, even I, I remember reading a story in Wall Street Journal the other day saying that only one photograph of this man is available when one British ambassador went him and took a photo. So see, so he is he is the uh, he, he is seen as the leader of uh, the militia group in the Tigray region, and most of the leadership, uh, the, the actual leadership, uh, uh, have uh, shifted to, to Mekale. They are not even in Addis Ababa. So, uh, so it is. It is now, uh, you know, the, this former intelligence chief is there, and other the old guard of uh, not Senavi who were uh, in political power, who were the mainstream leaders, but the shadowy leaders are now uh, commanding TPLF from uh, Mekale. Uh, so uh, this is the problem, you know. This is the problem many analysts are now posing because TPLF knows its mountains. And TPLF actually thrived in this guerrilla warfare. They knew uh, Zenami survived this, uh, you know, two decade long uh, uh, resistance against uh, uh, the Derg. So uh, the point is, even when uh, uh, even when the prime minister uh, says uh, that it would be a short operation, many doubt whether it would be a short operation because of uh, because of TPLF's history. Because it is predominantly a mountain based uh, guerrilla organization which had survived the Derg uh, when the Derg, when it was a brutal military dictatorship and how is uh, Abiy Ahmed going to defeat them. And also it also risks, you know, uh, the campaign also risks 
plunging the country into an ethnic conflict because uh, TPLF is, uh, had fired some missiles into the Amhara region uh, last week because it could trigger conflict between the regions within Ethiopia and uh, it could also uh, endanger Abiy Ahmed's uh, diplomatic agenda abroad because they had targeted Eritrea as well. So you have an ethnic problem, you may have an ethnic problem at home. And you will have a geopolitical problem at all if this conflict is going on. So, from what you're saying, it sounds like uh, the TPLF has kind of retained uh, that essential uh, militia character to it as an organization, and hasn't really, despite being part of the, uh, you know, being part of the ruling coalition for for long, hasn't really integrated into the sort of mainstream politics in that sense. Is that right? Yeah, in a sense, TPLF political TPLF was the establishment for. Uh, for these many years and then suddenly it changed and suddenly it changed and when Abiy Ahmed came he you know he he, he ousted them from uh, from the intelligence uh, leadership from the key ministries so there was a purge in 2018 and 2019-2019 so TPLF was ousted from the, the establishment changed basically there, there is a new there are new political bosses are there so what TPLF did is that TPLF yeah it retained its militia strength because it controlled the region, right? Tigray region was under, has been under its control. So it retained its military character, it retained its military powers or whatever. Uh, so it also uh, retained its control over the Tigray region. So what TPLF did, when it lost power in Addis Ababa, it receded to the Tigray region, which is its base. Right. So that it never abandoned its base. So now what Abi Ahmed is doing, is to purge them from their base as well. He has done it already in Addis Ababa. Now he wants to take them out of power in the Tigray region. This is the contradiction. And, um, you know, are there any larger geopolitical implications for um, the region around them? You know, other countries around them uh, with this conflict? Yeah, interestingly, there was a report in foreign policy the other day saying that Sudan holds the key. Uh, you know, okay. uh, and it's an, it's an interesting argument why because you know uh, you should look at Ethiopia's map uh, as I said Tigray region is in the northern uh, tip of Ethiopia and it shares border with uh, largely with Eritrea and then uh, uh, with uh, Sudan as well so the Eritrea border will be sealed because Eritrea and TPLF are sworn enemies but then the refugees are flowing actually across the border into Sudan. Some 20,000 refugees have already gone to Sudan. And TPLF historically enjoyed very good ties with Sudan. But the problem is that when TPLF enjoyed good ties with Sudan, TPLF was power in Addis Ababa through EPRDF. And Sudan was ruled by Omar Bashir. Right. And Omar Bashir was ousted from power uh, in Sudan uh, last year. Now there is a transition government in Sudan in which both the military and civilian leadership uh, are part of. So uh, the point is, the question is whether TPLF still enjoys the clout which it enjoyed earlier in Khartoum or whether Sudan's new leadership is ready to play a long game. Why, uh, why Sudan should play, play a long game is because Sudan has, you know, there is some uh, disputed border problem between Sudan and Ethiopia's Amhara region. So perhaps Sudan would like to do this. Sudan would like to do a favor to TPLF 
by keeping its old links active, by allowing TPL of uh, guerrillas to cross the border and allow supplies because they need, uh, which is a landlocked region otherwise, they need medical supplies, they need ammunition, ammunition they need weapons, equipment, etc., etc., if they want to continue the war, which Sudan did earlier. And then if Sudan, uh, why, if, suppose that Sudan thinks that prolonging this conflict will help Sudan while negotiating its own problem, border disputes with Ethiopian leadership in Addis Ababa, Sudan could actually uh, prolong this conflict by keeping the border open. Uh, but we don't know whether it would actually happen. But the point is that if Sudan decides to do it, uh, Abiy Ahmed's uh, plans to do a short campaign in Tigray may not be fulfilled. This conflict may go on. And the second possibility is that you know, we, we know that the TPL of uh, doesn't like uh, Abiy Ahmed's diplomatic outreach to Eritrea. So right. the peace process has not been, uh, you know, it is an ongoing thing. And the TPL of guerrillas, uh, rebels had fired some rockets into Eritrean capital uh, last week. So what if they continue to do it? Because they control the border. They are TPL of militias are a strong, have a strong presence in the Tigray region just across the Eritrean border. So what if they continue to attack Eritrea? They would pull Eritrea also into the conflict, which would derail Abiy Ahmed's peace process completely. So, yeah, it has uh, uh, an important geopolitical angle, and geopolitical as well as the domestic angle. So domestically, the, the, the key is if Abiy is concluding this fight quickly, then it is a safe bet for him. Uh, he can uh, take the TPL out of the out of the Tigray region. But if right. he fails to do it, like the Derg failed to do uh, at one point of time, if he fails to do it, if the conflict goes on, it could derail Abiy's domestic reforms agenda as well as his uh, foreign policy agenda. Right. Okay. We'll uh, we'll wrap it up there, Stanley. I think that uh, we've explained all the aspects of it, and we'll continue to keep a watch on this issue as always. And thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. So, thank you, Jan. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by the Hindu. We'll see you soon.